What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, March 24th, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Swaski, a.k.a. Father Zoe, a.k.a. Magic Mike. And with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. Guys, we're like one week into spring training. I'm here to declare Lance Lynn cooked. Craig Kimbrell <laughs> cooked. Clint Frazier, early NL MVP favorite. Cespedes. Rookie of the Cespedes, year. M- rookie of the year MVP. Yep. Mick yep. Mike Adolfo, right behind him. Home run leader, silver slugger, right field. <laughs> um, we're gonna get into all that, trust me. And the good Reverend K Fitz. Uh, I actually wasn't gonna be here tonight. Uh, we were having a contract dispute. I asked for a dollar fifty and you said a dollar forty-eight. So mm. uh, I don't know. Worried about my performance right now. Yep, I got all my negotiating skills from uh, the White Sox, so we're definitely going to get into that too. Wow, you guys just decided to uh, just shit on the White Sox in the intro, huh? That's pretty cool. <laughs> what are you talking about? We just named Yuelki uh, Cespedes and Mike Rodolfo like co AL Rookie of the Years. Right after you just said my guys washed. Anyways, well, well don't Ooh. give up home runs. <laughs> in meaningless spring training <laughs> ever um <laughs> ever, yeah, ever. so we're gonna talk about spring training baseball a lot there uh lucas Giolito contract situation uh we're probably gonna dabble in the one-way tournament because it's out there uh and then uh because everybody liked it so much we're bringing back the swing breakdown segment uh we put up a poll on twitter i put up three players and everyone voted for all three so we'll do all three um all that and a lot more. Let's have this guy. Free build of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee. So the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the as you may have missed last week and going into this week this show is now brought to you by pitcher the chicago golf tour uh we're very proud to have them as our main sponsor the chicago golf tour you can find them at shygolftour.com amateur golf for the common man it's built around your schedule flexibility it's a great local chicago golf community as you can see on the the graphic there they have a north side tour a south side tour a west side tour it's the fastest growing amateur golf tour in the chicagoland area they have 12 um, events throughout the season six regular events four majors a playoff and a championship they go by cgt is singles flit flighted net handicap tournament rules stroke play format uh basically the way it goes they give you a bunch of different golf courses you get a two-week period to go and play them you go play with someone else that's on the tour so that you can attest the score so that you can't cheat and um 
They have a great live leaderboard on the website. It's a whole community. You talk to other golfers. It's a great way to meet other golfers in the area. If you're like me and you're a wash dad, it's harder to get other wash dads out there. So this is a great way to force yourself to go out and play the Chicago golf tour, shygolftour.com. Make sure when you sign up, you use promo code SM 25 to get $25 off your uh, fee. So Chicago golf tour, shygolftour.com. That's pretty good. I didn't swear that time. No, you didn't. So you we, didn't. We, got, we got that going for us, which is <laughs> nice. Um, so where do you guys want to start? We could either start with Lucas Giolito or we could start with spring training overreactions. I think we have to go Giolito. Like... I think we do. I think we do. So the normal offseason and everything kind of got all, all screwed up because of the, the lockout. So like the time frame in which things happen kind of got all screwy. Um, but today or Wednesday uh, seemed to have been arbitration day or avoiding arbitration, which for the most part, it looked like both teams, Cubs and Sox, avoided arbitration with pretty much everybody. And then all of a sudden, this Lucas Giolito news came out and it was like, what the fuck? I mean, there's no other way to put it. It was just what's going on. So Lucas came in at what seven five? Yeah, I believe. I, oh, hold on, I gotta pull up the numbers now. Yeah, I mean but, the the big uh, the big freak out was that the difference was two hundred thousand yep. dollars, and then it came out on Wednesday morning when Giolito uh, spoke to the media down in spring training, and he's like, actually, it was just a fifty thousand dollar difference at first, but then when we sent our final numbers, I went up a little, so I think uh, he went up. Like fifty five, like fifty five thousand, but the White yeah. Sox went down the other way, a hundred thousand. So at the end, it came out to be a difference of two hundred thousand. And he's like, "It's pretty annoying, upset, frustrating." Well, it really is not what you want to see uh, with a guy who uh, you know you only have guaranteed for two more years before right. free agency. And you know, and we were discussing this in our chat. Like Lucas showed up. To spring training, and I know it's super cliche. Oh, he showed up best, best, uh, best shape of his life, and blah blah blah. But Lucas legit showed up to spring training, twenty pounds of muscle added. He looks bigger, but like a good pitcher build. Like he's not bulky. Like he looks good bigger. base. Good base. Got an absolute <laughs> wagon in the back of his pants now. I mean, homeboy, you bounce a quarter off that bad boy, and he goes out in his first spring training game. I think he struck out the first four batters. Like. Oh, so, really yeah, I think good. at one point he had like four in a row, yeah. Vin like vintage uh, Lucas Giolito, everything was looking good. And then all, all of a sudden it's just this crap comes out. Now, don't get me wrong. We all know how the White Sox have an embarrassment of riches at starting pitching. Jesus Christ. And so, but Lucas Giolito is not only like, he's more than just like a very good pitcher. He... Lucas is definitely a captain in that locker room. He's the White mm -hmm. Sox union representative. He he has been a face of this franchise. He's not the face, so just everybody calm down before I go, Tim Anderson, I get it. But he's been a face of this franchise. He's been uh, a vocal leader in the locker room, but also in the media. Um, he's been great for the, the community in Chicago. Like, Lucas Giolito is a guy you want on your baseball team. And... And that's not even talking about actual baseball. That's just who he is as a human being. And for the White Sox to come in 
and potentially go to like have to get arbitration for $200,000, which that's like a quarter of what they make on one game day. It's ridiculous. It's, it is, it's just annoying. There's no other way to put it. It's annoying. And it's mm -hmm. just a bad, it's really bad PR for the organization. This organization is already notoriously cheap. As Don points out in the comment section, you know, Reinsdorf is known for shooting for second place because that means you don't have to spend first place money, but the fans will still come back wanting more. And it's just, it's a really bad look. I'm, I like to think in my heart of hearts, this is going to get resolved quickly. Mm. And, yeah, know, that's the other thing. Like, obviously, it's terrible PR right now. And, you know, you, you don't want to be pissing off one of your best uh, players and probably, your, you know, your star, uh, your ace. Yeah. Um, but, like, the good news is that, like, before, you know, you'd hope at least that before it does get to the hearing that they do work something out. I think they still do have that, the time until then to uh, work out a deal. Uh, but yeah, just talk about it, like terrible PR, especially when you're in the middle of, uh, you know, where we had, we're now in that like two week post lockout period and all that Rakan has done is just sign relievers and like mm -hmm. a bad starting pitcher. And okay. Like, like Josh, I think Josh Harrison is going to be fine, but you know, a lot of people right. view it just as a, uh, that's the thing signing. is he's, he's going to be fine. Yeah. But like yeah. everything else. It's where, you know, and you see it. <laughs> The Sox haven't no, done shit this offseason except for spend a lot of money on relievers. <laughs> and and Rick Giolito broke it down too really well, which means when dad gets involved, there's some se severe frustration from the case. Specifically, camp. what he said too. Yeah, because it was, was like, like they were 50, they were, what were they, $50,000 off? $50,000 difference. But like the, he he's like, so did the White Sox just want to punish him for not taking their offer? And it's like, right. oh, <laughs> You better believe that's what they believe. You're like that's mm -hmm. that's exactly what they're thinking. If if he's out here on Twitter saying well, that publicly, here's my here's my other thing. Shows how, how trained everybody is about how petty the owners are, though. By the way, it's right. just everyone's so used to that petty. And the other thing, though, and what we talked about earlier too was, so he's under contract for two more years. All right, if you are looking to sign his extension or whatever, he. Didn't have the best second half of last season. I mean, he was, he was solid, but you know what I mean? Like, I personally think Lucas Giolino is going to be a fucking unit this year. You might want to get that extension inked before he comes out and has an all-star season. Because then the price of the package is going up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're, like they're I think he's going to be... They're I think he's going to be 29 if he uh, when he's a free agent, if he doesn't sign an extension. So mm -hmm. again, you know, we always talk about the age of like the, you know, the, the scary age that 30 seems to be MLB in MLB and like most sports, I guess, but mm -hmm. he's not going to be there yet. So he's, he's still going to be looked at as like, no, this guy, we're still going to have at least that front part of the contract is going to be, uh, is going to be in his prime and teams are going to be lighting up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and for any other reason, again, outside of baseball, he's just a great human being that you want on your team. So the White Sox are screwing this up royally. What they need to do is just Rick needs to grab the change out of the coin part of his car, pay the difference in arbitration, <laughs> and then it would behoove them to ink this deal. Mm -hmm. And like that's a, that's the other weird part. I, I think I've saw like a bunch of people make this point. It's like you know, obviously throughout the years you can shit on the organization, like oh they're cheap. 
like X, Y, and Z. But when it comes to like, you know, paying their young guys or at least handling arbitration, for the most part, it's always been smooth sailing for the Sox. So how do how do how do you let this happen to this guy? Because it, it really hasn't happened before to like other notable young players. It's like what the hell happened here? Yeah, it's just so it's, weird. It's so weird, dude. And it's out of all the players, not this guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a couple. There's a couple guys on this team I could say that for, but like, who doesn't like Lucas Giolito? Like, you know what I mean? Like. There's fans that have these weird, unrealistic expectations for him that seem to like to shit on him on Twitter, but he's just a good dude who's a good pitcher for my favorite team. I'm going to root for that guy all day. And his dad's jumped in our comment sections before, so that's bonus points. Um, (laughs) And he's he's been on the 108. He's a big supporter of them, and, like, he just gets it. They get what it's like to be a baseball fan too, which is huge, you know? Um, Yes, Maddie Mitch, great point in the comment section. Jerry notoriously does not like to pay pitchers. So this is going to get interesting. Jerry's old ass. Jerry's like 89, dude. Like, come on. Yeah. Josh Donaldson doesn't like Giolito. That's all you need to say about how good of a guy Giolito is. <laughs> um, the other really weird thing though, that I wanted to bring up non like actual on the field stuff is this really weird shit going around with Michael Conforto. So uh, Sean Anderson from the CHGO just put out this wild tweet. Like I'm shooting my shot. Conforto signs with the white Sox by 2 PM on Thursday. And that's, that's a pretty specific tweet, you know, and Sean's kind of a, you know, he's a funny guy and he throws shit out there like that. So like people started asking, like, do you know something like, you know, whatever. And he brought up though, there's a, a rumor that's been silently going around since like November that the White Sox have the best offer on the table for Conforto. And yes, I know we've heard this before. But Have we? I have yeah. not heard that at all. <laughs> but um, the White Sox supposedly have Whoa, the best. Hold on, hold on. Pods. What kind of rumor coming from where? Oh, it's been a couple beat writers, Reddit, all that shit. Like all the normal places. Really? Okay, okay. What? I completely missed that. Also keep in mind, the White Sox were one of the first teams to be 100% vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Conforto's a pretty vocal anti-vax dude, whatever. So somebody, there's, again, these are theories. There's no rhyme or reason to this, but uh, yeah, that's what I was talking about. It, it's not the Manny Machado best offer. It could be, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but there's theories going that Conforto was just like, I'm not signing there because I'm not getting vaccinated. I'll wait for someone else to pony up that much money. And then no one did. And so now we're at that, like you said, although we're at that two weeks out point where this is usually where you want to get all your ducks in a row before the season starts. So people think that he might just suck it up and get a jab for a couple million dollars and come play for the White Sox. So I don't, again, rumors, rumors, stuff that's out there. This is definitely not going to turn into a vax versus anti-vax conversation. So you guys, I know where you're going in these comments. Good for hey, you. The Cubs signed Don't. a shortstop that doesn't care. <laughs> right. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know if that's true or not. If it is, I mean, I'd be happy to have Conforto in right field for the White Sox. But uh, 
we'll see what happens there. So I thought that was really weird. I saw that on Twitter today. I kind of went down a rabbit hole with it. Um, be interesting to see how this plays out. Cause it is really weird that he has not signed anywhere yet. Yeah. I, especially after uh, Cassiano sign, I was like, okay, Conforto's probably going to happen in the next five minutes. You know what I mean? I thought it was going to be one of those domino things. Um, but yeah. And, and like, that's the thing. It's not. Oh, you all right. Oh, did I get frozen? No, you're all right. Did I get frozen? I think my no. internet sucks. Or can you hear me? I can hear you. I think it's magical that you can speak without. Okay, okay. I was going to say it wasn't, we talked about it last week. It wasn't even that like, Oh, like Conforto hasn't signed. There hasn't been like any rumors no, about Conforto nothing. even since then. Still, yeah, still. Nothing, nothing about deals. Nothing. I think, I think teams made their offers and that was it. And then I don't know. It's weird that like all of a sudden this whole vaccination thing came into play and then all this other stuff. And then New York comes out on Wednesday and says like, we're going to, you know, back us off on some of that stuff. So Kyrie can play for the Nets at home and all the Yankees and Mets players will be able to play at home. And that's 100% why Rizzo's like, I'm not worried about it. They all knew this was coming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no way. They call it the private sector arrangement or something like that. Yeah. There's, there's no way the city of New York was going to handcuff the Yankees. You know what I mean? Like there's just well, they were fine with, but the Yankees. Yeah, there's just no way they're gonna do that to the Yankees. Um well, I mean they, they did it right in time for the for the Nets in the playoffs. Right. And there's a lot <laughs> of things that lined up there. Um and I mean, as always, file follow the money with that shit. But I just think it's weird. There's been no news on him at all. Like not even like a mystery team is interested or like you know, the Rangers are interested, which because the Rangers are interested in everybody. So I don't know. I, I think that's just really strange. This is this is a great transition, though, that, uh, though, like who needs them? You guys have uh, Cespedes and Adolfo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, so, uh, so we have officially reached overreaction time. We hit this every spring training. <laughs> We're like less than um, a week of spring training games. Too. I think today was the sixth game for both. Right, but you got to remember people were craving baseball so much because of the lockout and everything. So well, you remember how everybody was in the shortened season. It was like one loss and God dang, the world's on fire. I'm going to jump. Like it right. was that. Bad. So like we're, we're at a weird kind of micro micro spring training overreaction. Like what they normally would overreact week two. They've really bundled up into like week one. Right. And you know, some, and when I say overreaction, it goes both ways, both good and bad. Like Lance Lynn gives up back-to-back home runs. He's cooked. It's over. You know, never mind any of the other stats or anything. It's just he's done, you know. And the other way, though, it's, you know, uh, Micker Adolfo hits a home run. Oh, it looks like we might actually have a right fielder, uh, blah, 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 blah. And for the record, Lance Lynn went – 2.2 innings. He gave up five hits, three earned, three and four strikeouts. But three, all three of those earned runs were solo home runs. Are we gonna Are we gonna get to the point where the White Sox fans, especially with right field, is gonna become the new Yerman Mercedes? So like anybody and anybody that looks decent out there, they're like, God, there they are, the best. We've got it. We're good. Or are they gonna be? I could see where you would think that would come into play, but. Mick Ardolfo has been in the White Sox farm system for 47 years. 
Well, I mean, so, it's like it's he like, was drafted the same year as Patrick Wisdom. Yeah, and so Micker's at the end of the road, though. He's out of options with the club. But like that—that's like a similar Yermin Mercedes situation. <laughs> yeah, Yermin's back too, by the way, and he gave the most bullshit interview. Like, oh, I found. You know, I had some real self-assessment this offseason. I'm all about the team. I'm here for the team now. Not was his myself. retirement shorter than Brady? I think so. Yes, right? it was. <laughs> it definitely was. Phoenix. Uh, but Micker's like a cult hero in yeah. White Sox fandom. Like some people are like really all aboard. And, you know, in uh, all honesty, though, like when he's healthy, that's a huge win. He's a big fucking boy. He's got fuck you power to all fields. He is a good hitter. I said Micker. God damn, people are fucking weird. Well, no, see, that's the thing. I think you pronounce it Micker. So there you go. Micker. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it both ways. But No, I, I think the Sox literally put out a pronunciation. Did you sheet. have that list? So it was for you. They yeah, literally it was for you. Did Kevin shared it, I think. No, I shared it. You, yeah, shared, it. Yeah, you shared it. You shared it. Yep. You didn't even do your homeworks. Nope. I always call him Adolfo anyways, so I should probably just stick with that. But anyways, Adolfo, Mickey, Mickey, it's got (laughs) to be his nickname. He's got to have a nickname like Mickey. Um, Yeah, for those of you that are new here, I don't pronounce names right a lot, so it's not really a big shocker. Um, He calls himself Matt a lot, even. It's strange. That's why I call myself Zoe, because I couldn't pronounce Matt. Um, <laughs> by the way, the Lance Lynn thing, hilarious because I think they interviewed him like, you know, during the game after he's done. And, um, he was like, I mean, yeah, I was just throwing whatever. I'm, I'm just, that was basically just like me just getting a workout in basically, <laughs> which by the way, at the end of the day, you, we all know what Lance Lynn is now. We're not talking about like a 25 year old pitcher, a 24 year old prospect or something. It's like, oh man, this guy's like, he knows what he has to do to you know get that arm going for the regular season and if he's good or bad at the end of the day or at the end of the season when it gets down to playoff time it's gonna it's gonna come down to matchups if he has to face houston again or, or another team that hits fastballs you, you hope you get lucky otherwise it's it's probably gonna go similar to you know last october against houston but you know you, you know what you're gonna get for lance lynn during the season at this point yeah that's you ever wonder though too like and, and this is something you never want a pitcher really to do is do you think that at this point, it's more in his head that he's going to now he's going to start tinkering with things that he normally wouldn't. And I'm not worried about that with Lance. Because, <laughs> I mean, he it sounds like, I mean, it's basically I'm going to put my head through this brick wall and either the brick wall is going to give or my head's going to give. And every time that's where he kind of goes. And, you know, his stuff just doesn't uh, really jive well with what Houston does well. It's just it's one of those shit. Just got to kind of maybe avoid it or put him in a game three kind of situation again. Like we talked about when we were talking yeah. about rotation. I just, with Lance, all I want him to be is healthy. I mean, especially when pitchers start getting older, all you want him to be is healthy. Um, That's the other, you know, freak out from the game was, you know, Kimbrell didn't have a great outing. He struck out the first guy and he walked a dude and hit a guy and gave a base hit. And he he had trouble with control, which... The the only thing, and I tweeted about it, and it's like, it's not even a uh, freak out. Uh, It's his, the only... And I get, I, it's so weird though, because like we look at the date, you know, March 23, right. and we, we already have it in our head about thinking about where pitchers should be. But then you think back, wait, they've only been in camp for a week and a half or like yep. a week. That's still so So he, he was, he was, but he, but having said that, he was only throwing 93, yeah. 94, which is That's not great. I'll... But again, 
so it has a couple more weeks to ramp up. So just but keep also, an eye on that. Let the, process, often, let the process take hold too. There's a process of getting into camp compared to just throwing on the side and doing live bullpens like at a universe, like at UNLV or like, like I know that's what Shreve has been doing. He's been throwing at UNLV until the call came. A lot of pitchers, Tyler Anderson was at UNLV until the Dodgers signed him. They, those guys are, they're throwing their simulated games, but they can't really ramp up because they don't know how and when they're going to be expected to hit certain times. Now they know because they're back, you know, now that they're actually spring training is hit. They've got this plan set up with a pitch counts, max effort. Are you going to go 70 today, 80 tomorrow, right. et cetera. You do ramp up that way. It's not like it's a, it's not a, they don't just roll into camp at a, you know, ready to just throw cheddar. They, they do. It's a process, especially to keep healthy. So <laughs> give Kimbrel that time. You've got to give him that time. And, and, and with the Cubs, he's notoriously even been, you know, it's the command thing that you got to worry about. Cause if you're not yes. hitting 94 or 92 or 93, when you can easily locate, you're gonna not gonna be able to locate when you're throwing. Yeah. You know, so velocity. before everybody even continues on this topic, Kimball wasn't like going at game speed, guys. I mean, this was just a get the arm kind of going thing. He even said it, you know, like here, Jordan put it in the comments. I'm glad his mom let him stay up this late. Kimball said he threw 90-91 earlier this week and was just trying to hit 93, 94 today. Perfect. Yeah, he's just getting it going, man. It's the first week. Like, holy fuck, dude. And, like, <laughs> I saw a million tweets about, like, oh, Kimball's trade value is going down the shitter after today. You need <laughs> to stop with that nonsense. Well, especially because the White Sox aren't going to trade Craig Kimball. It's, it's kind of late. It's too late. Yeah. They fucked that up. Yep. Or it, it's not even that they fucked what? it up. They just they couldn't. You yeah. know, I, they think couldn't find were, I think the Phillies were more fixated on landing Cassianos and Schwarber. I think that give it a couple of weeks into the season, if the White Sox are still kind of peddling him around, that's still such a destination because how obsessed they've been with him forever. And so, you know, you could still get something done if you need to. But I mean, if he starts becoming an albatross, he could pitch him. He could pitch his way easily out of any value, just as easily as he could pitch himself into value. But do you want to trade somebody if they have that value now? At that point, if he if he starts rolling, starts cooking, oh. do you really? Trade anybody? Like so it's, it's kind of at that point where you kind of just ride the ride the horse till she bucks you. Ideally, what will happen with him is he has a good first half of the year. White Sox are in contention, but they're still a piece away. They get offered a nice piece, a trade piece for him at the break. They make the deal because the White Sox bullpen has plenty of horses. They make the deal, they get the other piece they need, and we ride. You know what I mean? Like that's in my head, that's the best scenario right now with Craig Kimbrough. Um some other, I guess, standouts from the White Sox uh, spring training. Before I go, I've had a couple people message me and say this, like, oh, how can you say, don't worry about Lynn and Kimbrell and all this, but when Dallas Keuchel had a shitty outing, you put out the tweet that he's cooked. It's because Dallas has been shitty for a year now. He's, he's bad. Yeah. He's, he's not. <laughs> yeah. So. Because he yeah. is cooked. Yeah. I'm not putting <laughs> – yeah. Um, some of the other standouts, like we mentioned, Adolfo, he's hitting, you know, he's had nine at-bats, five hits. Uh, two of those have been home runs. Good sack fly, so he's not wasting at-bats. Uh, he has struck out four times, but that's pretty much who he is. You know what I mean? Like, he's kind of like a, like a Solaire type. I mean, I'm not is saying he he's... in the rank for uh, – I, I know there's going to be the two extra uh, roster spots for the month of April – is he in the running for like a bench spot? Possibly. The only thing, I mean, are they just gonna? They're probably just gonna go pitchers though. Right. That's more than likely yes. 
just because they that fifth starter is just so up in the air. But um, I don't know. Adolfo might force a hand this year at some point, you know, because don't get me wrong. They have Vaughn. They have Sheets. They have, you know, all these first base DH right fielders on their team. Zach Collins, Zavala, yeah. the other but catcher. The thing that really catcher. worries me about these White Sox is the fifth starter. Oh, Keiko. He, oh. Keiko's not the guy. He's not the guy. <laughs> and I mean, have to hope uh, Vince Velasquez. Velasquez. Speaking of pitching himself out of value. Yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. I mean, uh, I think Raylo is going to be your your long arm out of the pen. Well, I was going to say, it's not it's not only worrying about your fifth starter early on. It's also Michael Kopech isn't going to be at 100% in terms right. of he's not going to be going six, seven innings in April. Right. But the other big one out of uh, camp, and there's no way he's going to break with the major league club. So people need to pump the brakes on that one. But Cespedes has looked really good. And we're going to talk more about Adolfo and Cespedes in just a little bit. Um, I have I have a comp for Cespedes to swing in my head. I want to see if you guys agree. But uh, he's playing pretty good. 14 at-bats. They're giving him a lot of – they're looking at Cespedes. They're giving him a good look this spring. Uh, 14 at-bats, most of any White Sox player. Uh, five hits, two home runs. Uh, he stole the base, struck out five times under the 14 at bats. But oh man, does he got a big ass swing? <laughs> I mean, that yeah. thing is, woo, girl. Yeah. Um, Romy Gonzalez went deep. Uh, mentioned in the comments, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit too. I know I'm foreshadowing a lot, but these are the three swings we're going to break down: is Adolfo Cespedes, and then the third one is Aloy Jimenez. Aloy looks so much calmer this year at the plate already. Like he, he it's weird. It's just, it's different. Um, but we're going to get into that. Uh, kind of a, that's about it for me. I mean, uh, Colas, the other big one that everybody had, you know, he, he's got two at-bats. He had a sack fly. He struck out both times or uh, he had three at-bats. He had a sack fly and then struck out twice. Um, I mean, he's a baby. He's going to learn. Uh, I think he's like 23. I think he's one of the oldest uh, prospects, isn't he? <laughs> in MLB years, he's a baby. He's learning oh, yeah. the MLB game. He just got to America. So um, MLB Network was comparing Cespedes' swing to Bobby Witt Jr. and Trout. Or Bobby Witt's with Trout swing. Oh, they were comparing Bobby Witt with Trout. Yeah, that's not. Bobby Witt doesn't do a leg kick. Anyways, that's, that's say a Suzuki. That's right. Get that yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, Bobby Witt doesn't do a leg kick. You want a you want a Bobby Witt swing comp, and this is gonna piss Sox fans off. Put it side by side with Paul Canerco's. Uh oh. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Well, that's the other thing. As Wayne pointed out in the comment, thank you everybody in the comment section tonight. You guys are keep it coming. Yeah, keep it coming. But Wayne like the video, it. subscribe on YouTube if you haven't. Yep. Smash uh, the like button. Smash that like button. Share. Um, Put the noties on. So apparently Adam Engel just had the shit kicked out of him. Like he was hurt, hurt. Um, that seems like a yearly occurrence. I know, but like the, the report came out and it was just like, holy smokes, Adam. Take Maybe take a breath, dude. Um, so with the, the roster expansion, that could be a way that Adolfo sneaks on as well, taking Adam Engel's spot. We'll see. It. I'm curious. Wait, is, Engel, is, Engel, is Adam Engel not going to be ready for opening day? I, I don't think so. 
Oh man, that's brutal. That guy cannot. Yeah, I thought it was just like he still he like had a rough like obviously he had a rough 2021. I thought that's what you meant. No, he was playing with all kinds of injuries that no one knew about. Like he was having surgeries and shit. Like he dude is banged up. Adam Angle is always going to be the even though. <laughs> I mean, I don't think this way of him, but he for a section of Slacks fans, he's always going to be like, yeah, he'd be great if he wasn't for the injuries. Yeah. But, like, that's also a part of it. But the thing is, too, if you, get an issue, if you get, like, an issue early in the season, you're goosed for basically the remainder of the, the duration of the season, too. Well, that's what happened to him last year, right? Yep. You're, just, you're constantly trying to get back, but you don't, you know, and you're always pressured to move quicker and to get back out there, and then you got the fans that push a little bit. But, you, got the, you know, the, the Adam Eagle's been hurt. Adam Eagle's been hurt for five it's years. It's just, it's rough. Once it, once it kicks, you're, you're screwed. Yeah, he's just – yeah, he's carrying around that absolute dump truck in his pants. It's hard to run around like that. <laughs> it's just – yeah, but – Well, we got bigger bases this year, so maybe he could uh, – But before we get to the, the swing breakdown videos, and also just to dangle the carrot here, uh, Fids made another movie, <laughs> and we are going to deb- debut it here on the show. So you're going to want to stick around for that. It's – it's something <laughs> you're gonna want to stick around for it. <laughs> I don't know how else to uh, about right. how to describe that. It's 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 something. Um, on the Cubs side of things, though, on the Cubs side of things, uh, John Hicks looking all right there for the Cubs. Oh the no, catcher. that's the thing. That's the thing. I haven't even heard of John Hicks before this year. John Hicks doesn't yep. matter. You don't have to bring him up. It's fine. Yeah, Next name, uh, Brennan Davis. <laughs> Brennan Davis. There you go. Yeah, Brennan Davis. Davis. Oh, teams Brent. need to stop hitting Brennan Davis. Um, Brennan Davis is going to be a stud. Uh, Kevin, I did want to hear. Uh, I know you mentioned it uh, that home run swing that he had to the opposite field on. Uh, I think it was Sunday. He mm-hmm. uh, described that swing because you said it's it's like he doesn't have like the full follow through, but like still a lot of power there. It's it's well okay. First off, he's a humongous guy, right? He comes from fantastic genes. Is his mom was a UCLA track star. His dad was obviously uh, Reggie Theus, the the you know UNLV Hall of Famer and former NBA star, and I think he's a college basketball coach. They don't have a relationship, but he's he, doesn't matter. You got the DNA, and his DNA. He's a beast up there, and so he's strong already. He's sneaky strong too, because think about the kind of bodies that NBA body projectable bodies have. Those dudes look thin, but they're stronger than shit. And so he has that, but he also has the smoothness of a baseball player, which is a really cool combination. And yeah, when he f- swings. A, his hands are absolutely insanely quick, but he gets the torque um, at the point of contact, and that's like everything else is just a release. But I think his finish is because he's got such strong forearms and just microfibers up there that it doesn't take – his hard swing doesn't take as much effort for him to slow everything down at the end than a normal hitter does. And so I think that it's just a, a, a God-given gift that he doesn't have to finish that way, and he gets that full that full boost. But yeah, it looks, it almost looks, it looks like a half finish. And that ball he hit to right, that ball, it was like what, right, right center? That ball yeah. got out in like two seconds. Like that ball got maybe, if the fence was 10 feet high, that ball was about 14 feet high the entire time. And it was just a rope. And that's what he brings to the table. I mean, this kid is a gifted kid. I don't think the Cubs can hold it. If, again, if shit goes sour, which we're kind of like in a weird way kind of expecting, there's no reason he shouldn't be up sometime by the All Star break just to finally get some, get a cup of coffee. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. And, Unless the Cubs are playing service time game again, which hopefully we no, eliminate. See, no, see, I'm gonna 
I know that's obviously been a big issue for years, but I think he is Rule 5 eligible at the end of this season, so, like, there's no benefit to keeping him down. There's no like, point. Okay, so yeah, he's a good shot. So, that, so that's the, <laughs> hey, they can't manipulate that this time. <laughs> I, I, I was also going to say uh, an interesting thing that uh, I heard today during the broadcast uh, about Brandon Davis was, so 2021 was his, was his big breakout season after, you know, the lost 2020 year. Mm-hmm. He was doing great the entire year. I think during I forget at what point of the season he actually changed a little changed his batting set batting stand. He lowered his hands a little, despite having a great season, which I think is great. Like if you're still adjusting even when you're doing great and you're like, well, no, I can still be better. That I like I like hearing that. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, let's see other stuff from the Cubs. Owen oh, Casey. Oh, Casey hit the double and in a and a. Blue pit, oh, blue pit, yeah. Oh, but Owen Casey, oh, people good. love Owen Casey. <laughs> I'd share like a, just that video of him. Thing went Cubs like, gonna, yeah, Cubs fans love the, these guys. It's great. He's gonna turn into the left-handed, the left-handed Justin Turner. He's gonna be that redheaded, like he's gonna, he's got to grow face. I mean, at this point, you have to grow facial hair. What at do this you point. think of his swing, Kevin? Because he has like it's. I don't it's know like how to describe it. Save that for next week. Save it for next week. I will tell you this. And when, and when we break it down next week, oh, Matt Merton, that's a good one too. Um, Matt, next week, we break it down. I am a huge fan of Owen Swing, actually, of, of Casey Swing. I actually, um, I love I, I, a ton when he, when the Cubs got him, obviously. Mm-hmm. So when the trade happened with the Darvish trade or whatever, I went and checked out a ton of video. And, and the best part about a lefty is most cages are built up against the wall, and the left handed batter's box is up against the wall. So you can always get that that front view shot of a, of a lefty. It's much easier in a cage. So there's so much footage of him hitting in a cage left handed. And his again, his he gets great extension, um, and through the, so uh, we'll t- again we'll talk about. It, but that kid is going to be a pro hitter. Uh, he's got a cannon, and I'm stoked that he's getting a little bit of look here. And he doesn't. Okay, so when um Pete Crow Armstrong, uh, another guy that the Cubs got in the in the hobby trade, very talented kid. Kids could have a great future. Faster than faster than the, you know a demon, but he looked not ready. He looked overmatched. He looked like he needed a couple thirty man pounds uh, in, in the weight in the weight. Um, but when you look at him and then you see Owen Casey, Owen Casey looks like a pro ready guy. He's not there yet, but his body and his frame is now at that point where he looks, he's looking like the projectability is reaching its zenith, I guess we'll say. And so he's going to be a great, I think he's going to be a great major league hitter. He's one of those guys that I'm actually, he might be the steal of that, that you trade, even though obviously the other guys that were involved in that trade, you know, were all, studs too i mean, I mean he's like what was the only shortstop that was not taken in that trade but who still waiting for nick magical to do something so he did an interview today i saw that on mlb network um, he did he not get you your right fielder it's true he did recruit say i guess yeah yeah he, i mean i'll hire him as an artist so like i wanted to hit hit then yeah, we're getting the uh <laughs> we're getting the say uh start tomorrow or friday uh friday friday we're gonna get so our first Suzuki, the Cubs' biggest off-season signing, at least offensively, besides Stroman. Zo, you, you, Zo, you want to talk about overreaction? Get ready for uh, the first time he strikes out or something. If he, <laughs> if, if he doesn't go four for four with four home runs, it's a complete bust, and all this is a waste. Uh, I'm absolutely terrified that he's going to start the season a little bit slow, and Cub fans are going to lose it. Like, first, no. like, three weeks while he had no. <laughs> Stop it. Baseball fans are Super rational, dude. Never. <laughs> Especially early in the season. <laughs> Super rational, bro. Um, <laughs> let's do swing breakdowns. All right. 
Do, do so, the Eloy one first, because uh, he did. I, I think it is. I think you were right, so I think it might have been just a two strike approach. I think it was just a two strike approach. Let me pull it up. Um, so, oh, by the way, Wilson Contreras is probably going to get traded. the one that we were looking at, though. I think he got quick pitched. I think he actually, I think because his hands weren't even really ready. Um, that's why I was like, it looked like he just kind of threw his hands and just pissed on it, which is well, again, he's a, he's a man beast. So, let's go to the tape. Um, he was really open last year, right? He was yeah. full, full no, three quarter. He open. still is. I, I, I think it was just whatever that specific situation was. Because I think on the uh, on the video on MLB.com, you get to see it right before the setup, and uh, it is. I don't think. I don't know. I guess, uh, I mean, let me, let me right get now. through the. Let me get through the ad first here. All right. So it'd be really cool if the damn Bailey's broadcast would. Uh, put the fucking pitch count on the screen, but that's neither here nor there. Um, let me share my screen. We'll start with the Loy. So this is a Loy from the twenty second. So, uh, see, there's no pitch. Am I missing it? Do you see a pitch count anywhere on the screen? I see first uh, and second, no outs. I don't. I don't. But all right. So let's go to. So here he goes, looking. But this is the area right here, Fids, not mm-hmm. open at all. Just a little I mean, bit. A tad, but yeah, it's a much easier bit. to see the screen. I was looking at my phone too, but yeah, a little bit. I'll pull up a home run from last year so you can compare it. But he slides forward with that left foot too. Just a little bit, and then see that was just it was a no stride. That was I. I think he. I think he just got his. I, I mean, if it's a two out approach, I, I would respect that a ton. I don't know what the count was there. The week. I mean, we could probably pull up when he hit the home run. But that that everything else looks again. That look at look at how quick he slides. Go back to just go back to the watch his lower half. Just watch his feet and watch the slide. How quick it's just boom. Like he, it's really just a heat a heel lift. Dude, yeah, drop. that front that front foot doesn't leave the ground. Yeah, it's a heel lift and drop, and it just kind of again just the, the weight of of pushing through a baseball pushes it forward a little bit, but. Yep. I mean, he, that looks like a. I mean, he either got quick pitch or that was a two strike approach. But I mean, everything else. Watch, watch, the, watch the hands too. It's a throw. I mean, he still gets through the zone. He, I mean, that's a god yeah. dang his hands. He's he's a very strong man. Um, let's pull up a home run from him from last year, though, so we can see his. Uh, here we go. This is from. 2021. Oh, there's going to be a guy. Hold on. I got to go deaf for a second. These are the loudest ads in the history of. Mute it. So loud. We are not sponsored by Geico, um, but we are sponsored by the Chicago golf tour. Golf tour. All right. So here's last year. Look how much higher the foot went. Flip that back again, though. I'm late on that after the graphic, too. The CG got in the way a little bit. Looks like it's really rushy. Don't get to see really his load. Look how high that flies. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's definitely a higher leg kick. Now, but Aldo, the one that you showed, you pulled us later that had him open again. He did. Did he have that leg? It was, kick? you know, it was still his regular. Uh, it was still his regular uh, stance. So yeah, I don't know if that situation is just. I don't know. I can't really tell, but. To me, for early on, he's he still looked the same. 
but look, it is a timing mechanism. Look at the delivery too from the pitcher. Look at the pitcher. The pitcher actually is is kind of kind of hides the ball a little bit longer than a normal pitcher watch. So he gets that. See how he can, the, the the full flip with his you know he goes like almost rotational. Watch and, how and that was that was an OO count. Right, and Eloy keeps he, he, that leg lift. He keeps his hands all back. So the leg lift itself is a timing mechanism. So if he was just late on that other pitch, it could explain why it was more of like just a, a, a slot, you know, a heel lift and go. Yeah, because that was much smaller. But it's, it's really about getting that front foot down. Be early, be ready, be on time, and he gets that front foot down just fine. Yeah, he um, just misses not right there. Oh, yeah, but he, yeah, he's a little bit. He, he got it down a little late there. Um, on the other one though, he gets it down. Look how open that is. That front foot that's see, front smashed. Back. That that was much better. And that ball was in her half too. That ball. I mean, again, with his extension and with how he's, you know, he's got to get some plate coverage. You know, the biggest thing for him and I think Luis Robert is that they have to they have to be able to protect the outer half soft away. Yeah. And we saw last year a ton soft away, soft away, soft away. It's gonna either gonna roll it over or you might even just overswing and. I guess if, you know, if he's finding ways to shorten up, especially in a two strike count, that's a great thing to see. Again, I don't know what that count was. So, but if that was a two strike count and it was a shorten up with two strikes, keep an eye on that in, you know, next couple games, does he continually do that with two strikes? Every time he's up with two strikes, watch the approach and see um, if he's, if he's trying to shorten things up. And so he's trying to protect and maybe even offside pitches that he's not going to drive, which is a good thing too. And if you're, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with what offside is, but it's basically, it's, it's, it's an approach where, you're not really necessarily trying to actually hit a ball and play. You're just trying to waste pitches. You're, it's not a pitch you can drive, so you're trying to strafe it off to the side so you get a, you know, a more opportunity because the more opportunities, the more pitches you see, the more chances there are the pitcher's going to make a mistake, and then you take advantage of that mistake. And so um, that's what it looks like to me at least. Is that maybe Hopefully he's protecting. That'd be great if he's offside because that's, that's a huge, huge jump in maturity as a hitter. So loud. <laughs> Louis, the All right, so the this next game. one – Oh, the toilet. This is going to be Micker, Mickey, whatever the hell. It's Adolfo. Just say Adolfo. <laughs> um, so this hey, is Adolfo. Two count. Two, no, That's someone made that joke on Twitter, Twitter and they got smoked for it. Um, so oh, it's a 2-0 count. Runners on first and second. Two outs. Uh, Adolfo's up against the righty. There's no quick pitch. Obviously, he's ahead in the count here. And this is just what I mean when I say FU power. God, that's <laughs> just absolutely smokes that ball. Freeze the, right the location at point of contact if you can. Can you get it to the point where it's like, uh, pause? There. Oh, my pause game is slow. Hold on, pause, pause. Uh, that's close, but yeah, if you're listening on the podcast, he he really, I mean, that ball's that's that ball's down, but that ball also has an inside run, so that's a real bad 2 0 pitch right there. From the guy that's probably bagging groceries in a couple of weeks, um, he's number ninety-four, so he won't probably be with the club much longer. Giving up jacks like that to guys like Micah, but if you look at that that pitch, I mean, it, it plays to an advantage. It's a two-zero count, it's a fastball count. He's keyed in on something straight. If it's an off-speed pitch, he can leave it. And instead, this pitcher comes in with this fastball that literally goes outer half and rides on in right into the meat and the barrel of the plate. And <laughs> strong guy, I'm loving this strong things. I'm loving this compact, like Notice. load up here. Like, foot doesn't leave too much. Shoulders stay square. Look how tight 
he keeps those hands in the body though too. Like yeah, both sides on the baseball too. Look where his head. T- look at the head tilt. And the best part about that leg lift is notice what doesn't move. If your body moves, your head moves. If your lower half just moves, and you can maintain that upper 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 body stability, a if your head moves, guess what else is moving with you? Yeah, your, your shoulders, eyes. everything. Your eyes. Your, your eyes are moving. Eyes, yeah. So the baseball is going to move. You're turning a fastball into a non-fastball just by too much head movement. The fact that he's able to get that leg lift, and and again, he's basically just using that that back that back foot as his as his tripod almost. He sees that you know he's he's seeing the baseball. Look where his eyes are right now. They're down on the zone. He's getting ready to come through with his hands. Hands still tight though. Look at that. He's about to uncoil. This is the uncoil part of the torque, which is that pushing pulling motion with the handle of the bat. It's great. That's awesome. So. Very excited to see what he can do in a healthy season. Now, this last one. God, this website needs to be fixed. Before we do this last one, which is going to be Cespedes, I do want to announce that we're going to do a little contest. So if you subscribe to the YouTube channel that you're probably watching this on right now and show, send us, DM us or tweet us a picture of you subscribing, you will be put into a raffle, which will be giving away either a Cubs or a White Sox dealer's choice spring training hat. So, you know, the one that got Burger's head all burnt, you can have that. Um, but again, all you got to do is subscribe to the YouTube channel, send us either a DM or a tweet showing us that you are subscribed. Or if you're only on Facebook, you can, you know, just post it on Facebook, whatever. Um, that you're subscribed and you'll be entered into a drawing bonus entries. Yeah. I'm going to get dirty bonus entries. If you send us a picture of you voting for me in the one away attorney, <laughs> real simple, oh, yeah. real simple. Um, you can right. do it from multiple accounts. Just don't, don't share that part. Yeah. Don't do that. Just one. <laughs> um, where's he at? Saspidus. I think it was against the Cubs, wasn't it? Hold on. Every so every time I go to loading here, it doesn't load more for me. Well, that's it. He didn't play. He didn't play in over here last year. No, no. This is 2022. There should be another game here. No, that was the first game against the Cubs, wasn't it? Yeah, but hold on. Let me do this here. Uh, where are you? You guys want to watch highlights of your Mercedes scoring on an infield single? Yes. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to tease us with that kind of porn. So is your mean going to be the DH? Here we go. No, your should never see, play Major League Baseball in Chicago again. <laughs> that two out he's a ghost runner for extra innings. That's what he's there yep. for. All right, here we go. I like the, the product placement there. It's good. It takes it out. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so this is just a <laughs> massive swing. That's a miss again, though. Look at the heart of the play. God, is this was this uh is this Wick? No, this isn't Wick. No, no, it's Anthony. This is Rizzo. a guy that we Even don't know, or that we don't know, Kevin. Um, so look at that. But before we get into this, I do want to point it was out like that Ben Holmes or something. They did um, Cespedes, like him and some of the other uh, Latino players, they're all talking. They're trying. They're all trying to learn English this year. I guess they got. They put. Uh, they got like an English tutor now. Luis Robert led that effort, um, and Cespedes was telling everybody how uh, he swings a man's bat. 
Like it, his bed's okay. like insanely heavy. They showed Adolfo, who is a beast of a human being, pick it up and even be like, "Holy shit, you swing this!" Like he's like, "Yeah, okay. this is a, a man's bat." Aldo, Aldo, right here, frozen freeze frame, point of contact, this swing. Who does that remind you of? Who does oh, that, that remind foot, you of? That foot reminds me of Javi when he had his big swings. Um, Get deeper, further, later. Later. Previous. Yeah, yeah, we're so not talking about further back. back. We're talking about further back. Not Sosa. Yeah. Flip that back again, Zo. Now there's no there's no skip, but that right. point of contact right there. Watch the freeness of the swing. Oh, you're right. That that uh, that left foot out there. Yeah. And yeah. the foul, and the that front, that and front the, foot is. Watch out. the follow through too. That's there's a lot of Sammy in that follow through. Normally we wouldn't see that much of it because there would be a skip. Right. Right. The yeah. other one, just because he's a little guy swinging basically a tree trunk it made me think of Soriano right away. I was going to say like, yeah, that's the last guy I remember just swinging like a like uh, fucking like 30 oh, something ounce. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at this. Just bam. But that, that front, that, the way the front, there you go. Look at that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's what I want. That's what I want. Don't give me daddy. Like daddy. Like put it there. Well, let me go farther back. He actually isn't really on point there. Oh my god, MLB fucking video stinks. Look at where he's it's at terrible. right there. Now, if you could take if you could take a line and draw it from his back left shoulder all the way down through his front foot, he usually most players flip that front foot open just because of the physics of it all. But you can actually drive a stake straight down there from that left shoulder all the way down through the head, down through the, that front foot, that front side as he's push, as, as he's obviously driving through the baseball. That that's that locked knee that tells that that's what reminds me. I think of Sosa is that locked front leg. Um, but it was so yeah, videos, though. Yeah. Um, we have a video. I don't know if I, how you even do that. Oh, here we go. What's up, Buzz? I see you in He's the still, comments. Follow mm-hmm. Buzz. She's in the comments. Don't let him see this. Um, where do Buzz we want to go tab? for Sammy Sosa? You first and last home go to first and last home runs right there. Go, I want to see his first home run because Cespedes is more. There you go. The leg, that, that leg, that screenshot. I saw it right there. Yeah. Yep. And now his front foot, though, is his front leg is not locked. And oh, that oh, oh. oh, put up the sponsor. No free ads. <laughs> yep, no free ads. Chicago Glove Tour, SM25, $25 off. Yep, SM25, $25 off. Mm-hmm. Not, yep, not Geico. All right, here we go. Oh, wow, you guys might have nailed this one. Look at this first home run swing. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man. Is it, we, we need, like, that side view. Yeah, but the side view, you can see that front leg is a little they had, they had two cameras in 1989, all those stuff. They're going to have it. They had it on the screen. <laughs> yeah, he had it. It's, it's, I think he bends that front leg looks a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. Uh-huh. He hit it off him, too. Also, That's hilarious. But also, <laughs> this, this pitch, look at the location of the pitch as well. The pitch on Cespedes is a little bit down, and he went. Down, he looks like he went down to get it, if you look at the side view. So let's see the side view here. Look how little Sammy was. This pitch is more elevated, <laughs> but so he doesn't the, have to go down. And so yep, that's there you what go. Sammy, but look at the point of contact. Get point of contact again. The leg is the leg, the knee. That obviously that knee is. Oh, that's pause I mean, right after. Right there. There was. You saw it. Mm-hmm. Just gotta yeah. go right to the like, just like an inch. Right. Oh, if you just, how about you hit pause and then hit the spot? No, it doesn't work on this. Oh, it's there you go. That's pretty close. But that's what we're talking about right there. Drive that stake down from the left shoulder all the way down, from head down through that front leg. Once that front, but his his that pitch was so elevated that. You can't really do anything. Yeah, it's up here. It's your up knee's going to give out or you're going to hyperextend. So. But there's his first home run. Yeah. Now they're going to show his last home run. I mean, it says we can swing the bag like Sammy Sosa. That's a huge win. And again, 
Oh yeah, that's a little different. <laughs> it looks like the, this guy looks like he ate the first guy. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and it's not necessarily the stance oh. or the hands. It's it's, it's, it's the, the, it's the, the way the ball goes through the zone in the lower half is what I'm more yeah. in tune on. Not the pre-pitch stuff, which is all just noise. Because Sammy, Sammy obviously he's a lot more hunched over, you know, and Cespedes is standing up straight. But once you get that, look at that right there, point of contact. That looks familiar. I go this is a split second more. There. And again, that ball's obviously. I mean, that's meat, but. Yeah. There, there it is. My ball's a little in, too. Can so I go you over see, to the bodies. And of course, we're, if you're looking at your camera angles then to now, we're obviously now cameras are much more squared up behind the plate, too. But I don't think they give us a side view. He would get into something, man. That ball would get corked out of the ballpark. I mean, yep. leave the ballpark. <clears throat> so. Yeah, well, I, Sosa. Don't put that pressure on him, but his swing no, seems really concertedly different than his brother's. Is his brother? Cousin. Cousin. Uh, step brother, I want to say. They're not like, they're not, I don't know. I think they're like step brothers. It seemed like a very different school of swing. So that's that's interesting to see too, because a lot of times you see people that are in the same kind of training group have very similar swings and and, and whatnot. But that doesn't mm -hmm. that looks more like uh I, I thought more like a young Sammy, at least at the lower half. Yeah, the lower half, yeah, definitely. No, I'll take it. And I mean, I don't think Cespedes sees MLB time this year. I mean, unless mm -hmm. shit goes like crazy sideways. Um but the only problem I think with if that's like good news for the Sox or bad yeah. news. <laughs> the the only problem with having that big of a swing, it's kind of like a aim small, miss small type deal. Like when you have that big of a swing and you miss, you're gonna make a highlight reel for striking out. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it is um, a long swing. Yeah. It's a very long swing. Um he did flash some wheels, had a stolen base. It was good to see. Uh, you know, he's White Sox could always use a little bit more speed out in the, the outfield. You already got Aloy and that piano on his back in left field. I mean, granted, you have an absolute freak of nature in center field, but still. You're like one and a half starting outfielders. It's yeah. great that the one you have is like probably the best yeah. defensive center fielder in baseball, but then you have Eloy yep. and then Andrew Vaughn slash Kevin Sheets. Yep. But <laughs> both of their bats are, oh, it's wild, dude. It is wild. Can he like Willie McGee? But I don't think he's on the greenies like Willie McGee <laughs> on that Pookie diet, man. Back in the eighties, he might. Who knows? You know, who knows? Um, Although I know we didn't really get into it, by the way. But I, I do want to make sure we can't. We probably shouldn't get off here if we don't talk about the uh, the arbitration stuff with Wilson Contreras as well. Oh, you know, I like I mentioned. I mentioned it very uh, briefly right before we got to the uh, the swing comps. Well, yeah, no. I mean, it's not even the arbitration. It's not like we saw this stuff last year. Like, Wilson Contreras is going to get traded in the next like three to four months. Yeah, <laughs> it sucks. But at this point, it just seems inevitable. It just it seems like a matter of when, not if. There's been no extension talks whatsoever. Uh, him talking to, I think at first it was Bruce Levine early in the week, and then he spoke to the rest of the media. Uh, what was it like Thursday or Wednesday morning? It just seemed like a guy who just kind of accepted the fact that. Yeah, I'm probably going to be uh, traded somewhere. You know, I'm just going to try to do me and uh, 
If he's I get trying, traded, I'll get traded. He's but trying wait. really hard to play the whole I love Chicago. Chicago loves me. How wait, see, here's the thing, though. I believe it. You know why? Because he's been, he's been with the Cubs since he was a teenager. These yeah. guys, especially like Wilson Contreras has spent more than half his life. But the Cespedes is, the Cespedes is 24 years old. Yeah. No, these guys. It's ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. the, yeah. the fact is we've been told at every turn from Jed and from Tom Ricketts, the owner, that this is not a rebuild, that we're not blowing anything oh up. Oh, my God. Yeah. Bring that in. Yeah. 2022. And here we are. The Cubs have, are, what, $75 million under the luxury cap right now, whatever it is. Or is it, no, 50, 55, 50, 60, whatever it is, somewhere around there. And they can't extend, you know, look, if you're competing, you're not going to look to trade one of the top six, seven catchers in baseball. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. You've got a gold mine right there because it's almost impossible to get a catcher that hits that well. Now, as a DH, the value goes down, obviously, a little bit. But the fact is, the Cubs, if they're, if they're really, I mean, again, they've given us this lip service since before the, you know, before the, even the trade deadline that, that this isn't going to happen. And every, it, it keeps happening. Like they keep telling us stuff and they keep doing the opposite. And sooner or later, hopefully God, it feels like Cub fans are, well, at least some of them, the smooth brains will never wake up, but it feels like some of Cubs fandom is starting to wake up to this. And they're starting to see that actions speak louder than words. Every time you get a, a stupid email letter that was probably written from uh, an assistant in Tom Ricketts, office never came from Tom Ricketts. He just signs it and says, yeah, whatever. That's what those guys do. That guy can't write that kind of sentence. And then you've got, you know, Jed getting out there using lawyer speak, trying to use words that really like they can be considered to not be untruth, but they're really deceptive so that you've got, you know, where we, we feel like the offers that we gave uh, will stand their own on the open market, not saying what the offers are or if there really were and not saying who the offers were to et cetera, et cetera. So like they use all of these different, like, clever ways to work around things and it, it is it's like Club it's, girl. It's, it's lawyer speak it's lawyer speak and it's trash it's trash an organization the fans deserve better and i don't want to hear this crap well they spent you know six most in the off season well that's the dumbest most disingenuous intellectually dishonest argument one could make and i'm seeing some of the cubs writers especially ones that are like fringe writers that look like they're kind of jockeying for access with the cubs because if you cross the cubs you lose access if you play ball you get access cubs are notorious for that Starting to play that line of the Cubs spent the six most in the offseason. What are you crying about? I'm crying about because they had forty million dollars in the payroll. But what? All the what do they have? Five players on the roster or whatever pre-arb? Yeah, like um, for the like that's also like a tricky number because obviously, I mean, they had more because like yeah, like they were going to sign twenty plus guys. But yeah, it was like the guaranteed money was like to uh, Jason Hayward, Hendricks, Bodie, and then the buyout money to Arietta, and then like a million dollars to you, Darvish. And then plus, like, you know, you had, like, the minimum salary guys added to that. Mm -hmm. Wisdom, uh, Schwindel, Madrigal, Horner, those guys. So the Cubs spent the sixth most or committed the sixth most in the offseason, and yet they're still 15th in actual payroll. One team above the Colorado Rockies, of which the Cub fans made fun of. Some Cub fans made fun of Chris Bryant for signing with because they don't try very hard. Yet they're sitting here defending the Cubs for – trying just as hard as the Rockies right now. So it, it, it's painful to watch this because the Cup fans deserve better. It's the most, you know, rattle at this saber all day long, most expensive baseball experience in the game right now. And they're going to buy Chelsea FC or trying to buy a, I mean, Tom Ricketts is literally in London right now, trying to buy a soccer team while Wilson Contreras is sitting here going, dude, I just wanted an extra, you know, one, give me a million dollars more than what, like, how are you that far apart? And why is it that, how could it even be that unless you don't respect I, it almost feels like, and I think maybe you mentioned it although in one, maybe one of your stories with sports mockery, 
that it almost feels like Jed is trying to distance himself as far as possible from that 2016 group as he can. Almost like, I'm going to show you, I'm just as good as Theo kind of thing. Like trying to get out of the shadow of Theo kind of thing. And he's trying to build his own success so that he never yeah, has I've to see the Theo thing. I, I also, I was going to just say, add on to that, like the, in terms of like the lawyer speak stuff. And like, this, this is one of the stuff, you know, when it came to the um, adding that extra playoff team is that, uh, you know, obviously there's that screenshot that's going around uh, from what Ricketts said right after the trade deadline in 2021 it was like, we're going to use the resources we have to be competitive in 2022. And it's going to suck because, you know, right now at this point, I think they're projected to win around like 74, 75 games. Let's say a couple of things do work out. A couple of players, you know, play above their projections. Let's say they do end up like as an 81 team, right? I guarantee you it's going to be, you know, at the end of the season, it's going to be October. Cubs, you know, go 80 and 82. They finish like four games out of that third wild card spot now. Guarantee you're going to be like, well, we were competitive. You know, we were competitive to that. <laughs> it's bullshit Lawyers. because, Lawyers. because you know, you know, yeah, you're in, com- you're in quote unquote competitive. You're a you're below 500 team though, but they're going to be like, yeah, but you know, we, we finished uh, just right outside of that uh, wild card spot. Um, and the other part about, uh, yeah, the, the Jed thing, I have heard that talk or, you know, that thrown out there. It's like, hey, you know, most of these guys are Theo guys. Maybe he just wants to have his stamp on this team, which, and this also goes into whatever they say or what they've been saying. And I think you brought it up. I think I've, I've seen you uh, bring it up on Twitter. If they were just to tell us, like, hey, yeah. guys, like, you know, like where we're starting, you know, things, we, we, we gave this group a last try, didn't work out. Uh, we couldn't get any any deals done with any of them or like whatever, you know, we just, we wanted or to have a closure, just, you know, have a new chapter. We, we have, we believe in this next group. Uh, we are going to be in a transition. Like, yes, we, we would still have the arguments, the debates is like, should they be taking this direction? You know, we are talking about third market, third largest market. They have, they, sh- there should never be an excuse not to spend. Um, or you can be like, yeah, okay. Like I may not like it, but Hey, you know, they did have to replace, you know, three, four stars. So, yeah, that's going to be difficult to do, like, just in one off season. Mm-hmm. That would be great. They didn't do that, though, because no. they did try to they did try to play the both sides. Like, hey, no, guys, hey, we're, we have the resources. Uh, we're going to be competitive. And that's what's going to suck because it's <laughs> because they could come out being technically right, but it's still bullshit. Because like, like you said, they they did spend the fifth most money, but then you have to look back. Yeah, but you could spend more. <laughs> like you started at basically, you started at like the bottom. So like you had that room to spend. You needed to spend to field a damn team. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and then it's the competitive stuff. Like, yeah, like, because like I brought it up in our uh, in our Cubs chat for the sports markets. Like, yeah, I, they're not the starting pitching isn't going to be as as horrible. Because remember, guys, it was horrible in 2021. Like Arietta uh, Davies, you know, Kyle Hendricks struggled uh, for a couple chunks of the season. Hopefully, he gets by a contract. So the the rotation is going to be better as long as you know health provided. One through three. I just I don't think that if you're heading into the no, season with Alec Mills as your number four in the same rotation that has a Kyle Hendricks. But see, that's the thing because like they sent like uh, a guy like Drew Smiley, even he he's Smiley. he's been <laughs> solid. Mm-hmm. Like he he's the guy who like yeah he's not he's obviously not like a one two or three, but like he he's gonna be better than like an Alec Mills. Yeah. Um, but you know Justin Steele is gonna get a full year. You get yeah. other guys like a Keegan that's Thompson a who's gonna be in a swing role maybe like that. Reynolds or uh. 
Keenan. Yeah, Keegan Thompson. Yeah. Oh, they just said Keenan, the dude no, from Ke- all Keenan, that. Keenan. Oh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but like that—that's what's also going to suck, uh, Kevin. Is going to be like, you know, we are going to be in the summer. We're going to be happy. I think you know, pro- this is probably me being on the ultra optimistic side. Is like they are going to be like close to like they're going to be a competent team, you know. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the season that are going to be able to say like, Oh, like, you know, we, we were able to be like some, we were able to be competitive and right. it's going to be like, yeah, but like what the, you could have done a lot more. <laughs> it's yeah, just so frustrating. It's, so it's, it's not max effort. And, and, and the big thing too, and you've said it perfectly. If, if they had just pulled the, 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 the bandaid off immediately and said, look, look, we just feel like the best foot forward is to blow it all up and start again. And, and 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 honestly, I would have respected it far more before the KB and and, and the um, the Javi and the and the Rizzo trade, and even in the Schwarber DFA. If the Cubs were like, look, we don't in we're, we need to start this fresh, and we don't have any intention to sign these guys because they didn't. Let's be honest. That the KB stuff was we've talked about it on the show a million times. There was never any intent by the Cubs to sign KB. They were using their water carriers for two three years to butter everybody up for it and soften the blow. They had constantly been leaking bullshit. Obviously, we. I've been like punching. It's like it's like a no, don't, re, re, re-traumatized no, by no, Cap Spy. No, 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 no uh, not going down that road. If they, if they if they would just simply have said this is the plan, instead they again they beat it around the bush because they don't want to lose ticket sales. It's all about selling the tickets. If they had flat out, like, this is a, a four billion dollar franchise that's rebuilding, blowing it up for the second time in a decade. Now that's not supposed to happen for a team worth four billion dollars in one of the biggest markets in the world. With a network and a network that, by the way, couldn't even cover the press conference for Seiya Suzuki. So, on that note, I do want to address one thing real quick. Correa went to the Twins. Check it. I don't give a fuck. He'll be gone maybe by the trade deadline, definitely after one year. It's a pit stop. Going to the Cubs next year, yeah. It's a pit stop. And I'd rather him be on the Twins than because the Twins aren't going to contend this year. I'd rather him be on the Twins than like the Astros. So wait, say that again. No. Uh, oh, well, you already it. said it though. You knew the Twins were up to no good though after that. Donald we did. Trade. We did. We definitely oh, called that out. They, they don't. I, I mean, I'll say it though. They don't have pitching, so that's why you shouldn't be worried about the yeah. Twins. Nope. After, softball games. Play some God, softball was, games. That was like four seasons ago when I said that about the Indians, and then they came out. It was twenty. I think it was the the twenty twenty season. How much? Like, wait, I, how much I'm not worried about Cleveland. And then I said I don't sweat the Indians. I don't sweat the Indians. I said although clip this, I don't sweat the Indians. And yeah. What did that graphic say we saw today, by the way? Because A, it's incredible. The Oakland Athletics have actually spent zero. committed to zero dollars this year. That reminded me that reminded me of the Cubs a few years ago when like they didn't sign anyone and there was like a total of like they spent like five million dollars in free yeah, agents. And, then, and the Indians spent what four hundred thousand? Yeah, they're not Guardians, you know, Guardians, Guardians. Yeah. Uh, I mean that, that talk about not being worried. That I mean, there are some people again, we've talked about it uh in the past, too, the, the bad part for the White Sox is they're not going to get to sharpen their iron against sharper teams. They're going to have they're going to have some cupcakes, and cupcakes don't usually bode well when you get into the hot heat um, of of postseason play. So that's the only they're going to have to really every time that they play the really good teams, they're going to have to throw out their best. They need to Larusa needs to throw out their best lineup. They need to play hard. They need to play like every big series like it's a you know playoff game so they can at least get that experience so when you get the letdowns of the cupcakes like the guardians it doesn't have that negative effect on their ability to play high level baseball against high level teams 
By the yep. way, Zoe, so, I mean, obviously you brought up the twins. You don't sweat the twins. Um, your words, not mine. <laughs> White Sox, all of White uh, speaking for White Sox fans as a Cubs fan, <laughs> fans, do not sweat the twins at all. Twins suck. They're going to be a below 500 team. Sox are going to blow them out almost every game they play against them. Clip that. The A's so, are playing Saturday and missed their daily double four times. They should actually be in the negative. That's what the A's did this offseason. They missed all the daily doubles and didn't answer right. a single question right. Time Do out. you sweat the Tigers? Yes. Mm. I think Tigers are going to be good this year. I think people don't talk about them enough. I think Tigers are going to be good. So with all that being said, we're going to do a full season preview. I do want to set the stage. So as we mentioned earlier in the show, we are in the heart of the 108 tourney. Um, I am going up against a friend of the show, friend of mine, friend of ours, friend of everybody's uh, buzz on Thursday. Uh, would appreciate people to vote for me. But one of the best parts about me being in the tournament is Fids gets to let his creative juices fly all over. Two mops to clean them up. But he made a Shawshank video for my birthday. Was that two, three years ago now? So no, the birthday, there was a birthday video. The Shawshank to Redemption was when I got banned from Twitter. Oh, that's right. Back right that's after right. Super Bowl. I was banned for Super Bowl so Sunday because I made up. People made have been <laughs> eagerly waiting for when was the next KFIDS video going to come out? Well, I'm very, very happy to say it's done. And so with that being said, for those of you watching the show, all 20-some of you watching it live right now, you will get a sneak peek. I'm so glad the Ramos boys are here to watch this too. <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> Jesus Christ. We need, we need <laughs> yeah, someone wake up Ken W.O. to watch this too because I want his live reaction. But <laughs> here it is. Without further ado, Fids, roll your clip, bud. All right. And uh, we want to make sure we're clear on this too. If you vote Southside Zoe, this is only episode one of what could very well be a Ken Burns trilogy during the 2022-108 tournament. There are – this is was only idea number one, and I went with okay <laughs> – and then they're stronger because the competition gets better. And then there's peak level championship week kind of stuff. So if 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 you're voting Southside Zoe in this tournament and you uh, want to see what the peak of this, this is just this is one day. There is something that I have been working on on the side that is actually like the one. And Zoe hasn't even gotten me the pictures that I asked for, by the way. But he knows where that one's going. And that one's going to be very relevant, especially at the end of May when Disney starts releasing certain new projects. So I'll just put it that way. But now for this, this uh, one, this, this one, is off uh, it's, this off. I saw this video. I got a sneak peek of this video. Although has never seen this video. I've not seen it. Yeah. So just roll it fits. Just roll All it. right. Let's get this thing going. So, uh, yeah, this would be called back to the one Oh eight. Make sure audio is on. And now a time travel documentary from the pinwheels and Ivy podcast. <laughs> Not many people know that in another existence, in another time, in another part of the multiverse, there was a world that existed without the 108 tournament. Thanks to Father Zoe, we get this multiverse existence here on Earth 
dash six nine six nine four two zero. Father Zo, in his normal existence, every spring, lived for excitement and the White Sox. But in his normal, boring existence, he felt like he was missing something. So, him and his friend, the Reverend K. Fitz, embarked on a journey of invention and science. The two met at the Twin Pines Mall at 1.16 in the morning, where the Reverend K. Fitz unveiled a potentially new, possibly life-changing invention made out of a DeLorean. That's right, it was a time machine with a flux capacitor. So the two programmed in a few dates and gave it a test drive. After a successful travel through time, both knew it was time to give it a shot and go back and plant the seed of something special, a social media tournament for White Sox fans. The two traveled back in time to 1955, where they stopped in Hill Valley, California, a nice place to live if you're my sock summer and you lived on the West Coast. There, they went searching for a special couple, the parents of Beefloaf and Cherizi. Luckily, after stopping in a diner, he recognized the silhouette and side view of a very familiar schnoz. He had found Beefloaf and Cherizi's father. But before he could actually explain <laughs> the winnerweight tournament, the neighborhood bully entered the diner with his posse of thugs and troublemakers. But Zoe wasn't having any of this. scared of Ken W.O. So in a conversation, sweaty Ken said all he had to. But of course, Father Zoe popped him in his face took off, stole a kid's skateboard, and rode through the town being chased by Ken W.O. Unfortunately for Ken and his passy, Father Zoe lures the thugs into a trap, and just as they think they're going to squish him into the back of a manure truck, Father Zoe spins out, and the manure truck spills all over Ken W.O., his posse, and his chevette, as Father Zoe is the first to invent the skateboard. That day, he goes to find Cherizi and Beeflo's mother, and... In discussing this potential 108 tournament, it turns out she has a crush on Father Zoe. But Father Zoe is a man of character and integrity. So he continued on and formulates a plot to help Beefloaf and Cherizi's mother and father finally meet and fall in love, thus planting the seed for the 108 tournament. As they formulate a plan, he visits Beefloaf's father and explains to him the plot happily. And then he has Beefloaf and Cherizi's mom come to the lab where the Reverend K. Fids explains how important a 108 tournament is, even to Cup fans. That night at the dance, just as everything seemed to be going well, Ken W.O. shows up again. But Beefloaf's <laughs> father tries to stop it, and the evil bully Ken W.O. grabs him by the arm. Cherizi and Beefloaf's father will have nothing to do with it, and he curls his fist, knocks Ken Woe the fuck out. Thus, for the dance, they kiss for the first time and fall in love, and as a tribute, Father Zoe decides to play a few of his favorite guitar tunes from The Grateful Dead. He rocks out, and then it's time to travel back to the future. Before he leaves, he gives them one reminder that one day their children must create this social media contest. Zoe travels back to the future, again, in the DeLorean, with the Reverend K. Fitz, who again could very well be in 1955 or 2022 because he's just old balls. But K. Fids pops in the next morning to Father Zoe's house, explaining that they need to go to the future now because Ken W.O. has also learned time travel. And there's a whole other multiverse that features three evil Kens. 
So the two travel back to the future future. They run into evil Ken, who wears a weird helmet that looks like the tip of a penis. Zoe gets into another skateboard battle with the group and foils them all, which in turn foils the future, past, and present of Ken W.O., who fades into existence as an old fart. Just oh. wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. <laughs> the end is here. And as Father Zo returns back to the time, all seems to be well. Or is it? <laughs> time travel documentary from the Pinwheels and Ivy. Thank you. And don't forget, vote for Father Zo in the 108 tournament, or I will go back in time and literally snatch the existence from your body. That's me, freshman year of high school. Look at that helmet. How does Ken uh, W.O. have, like, the best uh, pictures out there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But the end when he's holding the gun and the din, 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 music we, playing. It fucking we forgot kills. to get one of the three. We left the most evil of the, the, uh, of the oh. Ken W.O.'s. He's still alive. He's traveling through time with his little so, that was the latest KFIDS joint. Um, it's obviously way too long to tweet, so we will put the link to the YouTube on there. Uh, <laughs> oh, that, I told you it was something. Told you it was something. <laughs> the I mean, of all the things we've seen, that was definitely one of them. Yeah, Ken Wushik kills me. And then my high school, freshman year of high school picture at the end. Woo! Oh, man. So now vote Zoe tomorrow. Yeah, because uh, yeah. we love we love Buzz, so we have to make sure the content is good because we're not going to resort to below the belt. No, there's no reason. But uh, yeah, if you guys can't make sure you throw me a vote tomorrow, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you're already all following Buzz, anyways. But that was that was masterful, Fitz. But uh, we'll we'll tweet out the link directly to that video tomorrow, as well as I'm sure we'll be playing the hits tomorrow too. Some of the older videos come out a little bit but uh, i don't know how you continue to do a show after that i think that's just we're just going out on a high we're gonna constanza the shit out of this show and uh we're out um it did you know what beef that is not an incorrect statement at all it smells like oxy pads and probably some dirt <laughs> weed and stale smokes i stole out of my dad's car um but yeah, for all those fits, I'm so <laughs> this fucking show. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week when we have a special guest host with us if he comes on after watching this episode. Uh, <laughs> you guys take care. We'll see you next week. Free build of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings, yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood, discussions and interviews, stray rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife, yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, nigga, it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. Can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar.